Hello! Welcome back to the Spilling the Tea podcast. Hello. I am Gabriel, one of your hosts. And I'm Tina Paul, the, the other host. The and greatest mother, host! Mother of the best son in the world, Gabriel M- Perez. Mother of hosts. <laughs> That's blasphemy. Um, anyway, this is the Spilling the Tea podcast. This is where we meet uh, once a week, when when we can, uh, to, to enjoy a cup of new tea and do a little tea review. Um, and also to talk about Tina's life, because it's storied and interesting and deserves to be preserved in perpetuity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so that's it. Uh, This week, we are sipping upon... Golden Glow. Golden Glow. It's from the English Tea Store, and it's one of of their health ones. Um, And it's... It's supposed to be good, like really good for mm. your skin, and especially during winter months when you're not getting as much sun, you know, <laughs> vitamins from the sun and all of that. Will it stop my hands from peeling? It. Oh, my God. I, yeah, every year this happens. I look like a leper. I used to have that happen, and that's gone away now. Well, you use lotions and things like yes, that. Yes, and you don't like lotions. I don't. They're too cream. They're slimy. They're sl- even, even the ones that absorb, absorb? into the sk- Yeah, even those. They're right. still gross. I don't like them. Okay. I'd rather just let my skin peel. It just gets itchy. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Anyway. You soak it in, in rose water. Oh, no. So. <laughs> anyway, okay. So um, what's in this tea is uh, pieces. It's ginger, turmeric, carrots, beets, pineapple, and calendula petals. Calendula, however you pronounce it. C-A-L-E-N-D-U-L-A. We should find that out because this isn't the first time that they've had those petals in there. Um, They said it has a liquid, the turmeric gives it a licorice-y taste. Yeah, I can can see that. It's like a fruity, licorice-y taste. It's pretty good. It's good, yeah. It's... Um, so So the reason why I chose this one, after last week, which was heavy... Um, I wanted to talk about lighter things. You know, I can't delve into the depths. <laughs> over and over <laughs> again. Um, and I thought, okay, when you're when you're outside and doing sports and stuff like that, you get a, that glow on your skin, <laughs> you know, from being out in the fresh air. So I thought, golden glow, and we can talk about outdoorsy things. Um, the other thing that it, that's happening is that you and I are going out to Las Vegas for Super Bowl Yeah, over that weekend. And um, I thought it might be... it. it I, I was, it's funny because I was watching the playoffs. I'm not going to talk the games and everything. But um, I was, as I was watching, you know, there's, there is a huge thing about the violence in football. Okay. And of course, um, oh, I've forgotten his name, but he had a heart attack on the field. That's right. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be fine and everything. But you know, there's the thing about the concussions and the this and the that. And I read a newspaper article that said that Americans love football because of the violence. And as I was watching, I went, I disagree. And this, to me, it's. Yes, they you know they're bashing into each other and sure. everything else, but it is a game that isn't about like basketball, run, 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 basket, run, 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 you know, full length or soccer, run, 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 run. Right, it's it's in football, even a non-sports-minded person can watch it and go, okay. Here's the basics. Every you have four chances to get ten yards. Yeah, and um, and you know you might get. I realized by 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 watching, I went. What's so exciting is that the fans in the in the stands, they, they nobody likes anyone to get hurt. Yeah, but it's a fight, and also they cheer. Getting it's called four downs. Um, I'm not going to explain football. But they <laughs> cheer, getting 
that 10 yards, you get, oh, now we get to start over again. Yeah. We have four more chances. They cheer that almost as much as when they get a, a touchdown. No. You know, of course, touchdown you get. So it's watching the process. And it's almost like life to me that, you know, we all have struggles. And within those 10 yards, you may get ahead three yards. You may get pushed back. You may, but you fight on. And you have, again, you, you always get these new chances yeah. to advance. And it's either, of course, by running or by throwing. And so I went, this is, you know, where, where a lot of women go, oh, I don't like football. I'm like, for women's rights and everything, <clears throat> we are constantly in a battle to get ahead. And you, we have to celebrate. We got two yards ahead. We got this past or that past. You know, do you know what yeah. I mean? So I went, I honestly think that that's why People love football. Yes, you know, it's the teams and everything else. But again, no one wants to see anyone get hurt. They want to see... And the other thing, too, is that within within the team, it's so diverse because you have people who are really fast or can catch the ball really well. And then you have, like, you can be chunky. You have to be solid. But it's yeah. there's different types of people that are as important important of course the quarterback has to be like amazing but the quarterback is nothing without right if he doesn't have the time you know and those chunkies better stop the other guys you know and so then you know they get to the you know if you get to the touchdown or even if you don't if you you know then you have the chance to do a field goal to kick so that it's offering you instead of did you just get a basket right or Soccer, did you? You know, other other it's, sports. It's a, it's a strategically minded game, and it's a medium paced game. Where where basketball is also a game of inches. It's more about oh that w- one or two times that they were stopped from getting the basket. Yeah, that's what made the difference it's, in the end. But it's the full court, you know. Whereas in football, again, it's the ten yards. Can you get to the next yeah, ten it's a yards? Game of inches, Can you get like you know? So. So okay, so I would that then um, I was thinking about uh, when I was young, um, growing up, my brothers, not Bobby so much. He, he, I don't recall Bobby being in the oldest being in sports, but John, second brother, um, he was a very good athlete, in different kinds of things. And David, the youngest brother, who was about four years older than me, five years older, he um, he played basketball and he played football. He was the center. And he was the center? Yeah. He's just such a beanpole now. Um, He was... Well, he was... He I mean, was, he's, he's but live. this is high school. Yeah, but... Even in high school, you put the chubby guys on the line, as as yeah, the one right. who was the center in. Yeah, no, all he of... was the center, and he was actually in college. He was a boxer, and he he actually vied for the uh, golden in Chicago and the Golden Gloves. Really, you know. So he's he's, yeah, he was. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he would teach me how to play football. And now, talk about little beanpole. You know, <laughs> I was I was. I was athletic, but I was little. And uh, I remember he told me, um, there's no way that I could, if I was on the line, I couldn't, I was too too small to tackle someone well. And, you know, heading like for their chest or anything. So he taught me, go low, go for the legs. Yeah. So that so I would never even get like to a full standing. I would stay, you know, hike. I'd stay low and ram into people's legs. I could knock the biggest guys down because they weren't expecting it. Of course, once they figured out what I was doing, (laughs) then they'd just pick me up, you know, and then toss me aside, you know. But um, yeah, he. But I, I remember that David was kind of like. 
uh, a, a coach for me. Um, like with running track, we'd run the 440 and stuff like that. He would, um, he told me uh, the, the trick of, um, for timing so that you don't give it all at once, you know, and stuff. He, we would pick out different songs for, to, for me in my head. So th- that would be the pace. Sure. That's, this song would be the pace for this amount of the race. Then you change songs so that it gets to a faster one or whatever. And so it was always, he, I think he understood that that's, that's where my mind goes because I love music yeah. so much and music inspires me. And it would keep me, I actually would win a lot of races because <laughs> it would keep me disciplined of how to and if how it's to like conserve the energy and yeah and then like I mean if it was toward the end if I was neck and neck with someone then it, it was like let's go into bongo rock yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. or something so anyway he was he was really good that way um, John my brother John used to take me he's the one who taught me how to snow ski alpine ski or cross country. Alpine mountains. We yeah. would go. Up, we yeah. would go up to. All right. The first time he brought me, I mean, <laughs> talk about trial and error. Um, of course, he didn't want to stay with. He was a really good skier. Right. He brought me to Mount Snow, which is a big mountain in the Northeast. He taught me how to snow plow. That's it. Uh, just the pizza. Just you know, yeah. Yeah, pizza, you know. hot dog, pizza, hot dog. Um, he, he taught me how to get on the chairlift. That's useful. I mean, just kind of pushing me yeah. and dragging me. I mean, the chairlift will take you out. Brings me up. But this is the very first time I'm skiing. He brings me up to the top of the mountain. Uh-huh. Leaves me. Okay. And I had to snow plow my way down the mountain. It took me all day. <laughs> Literally. Well, all day. Because it was... You know, it was falling down all the time. And then if your boot gets out of the ski, yeah, I had you, to figure out how to get my no, boots back if on. If you don't know how to cut, then... Oh, no. I didn't know. I only knew snowplow. I didn't know how to turn. And I didn't know how to stop. He just said, just keep, just zigzag your way. So it would be, well, I'd cut across, you know, the, the um, trail. I didn't know how to turn. So I'd fall down. Get back <laughs> up again. Ski across, fall oh, down, man. you know, whatever. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to, like, lift. Yeah, to, to put the weight on I the got, opposite foot. I, I went, I don't know if I like this. And I was freezing, <laughs> you know, because you couldn't build up. I mean, it was fear sweat more than, yeah, you know, yeah. than, than work sweat. Um, and then the second time he brought me. Oh, and this is him in the car driving up. He's one of the ones, one of those very dignified, couth people who would fart. Mm. (laughs) And you had to guess what, from the smell of it, you had to guess what he ate. So, and if you couldn't guess, he'd fart again. He was like this constant stream of gas and laughing. He was laughing. And... I honestly, it wasn't like hard-boiled eggs or anything like mm-hmm. that, you know. I remember one time it was like, it took me some time, then I went, French fries! <laughs> and I was right, so he would stop. <laughs> but that was, that that I remember it vividly. It was like, oh my God, the car ride up to the mountains, you know. <laughs> get to hold your nose or, you know, whatever. But the, uh, another time, I still wasn't very good at skiing. And I never took, you know, nobody ever taught me really how to do it. He brought me up to Loon Mountain. I think Loon is in Vermont, which is a, a that's a, it has a lot of uh, diamond runs. Yeah. It's not an easy mountain. I ended up on a diamond run. Oh, no. With, I mean, rocks and yeah, everything. Yeah, treacherous. Skinny, skinny through these boulders. I crawled my way down. I literally on my butt. I took off my skis 
And I couldn't even walk over these rocks. I on my butt. I just crawled. But what was so scary about it is that I, you know, like as you pass, as you try to, like, go in the little ravines or whatever they're called. Great skiers would come whizzing by, so right. I'd have to stay over to the side as much as possible, and then scurry like a little rat <clears throat> across, you know. It's a war zone. Um, so that, but I ended up. I ended up being a pretty good skier with no lessons, just by trial and error, through high school. And then when I went to the Boston Conservatory in, you know, as a dance major, through my career on Broadway, and I mean, ballet company, Broadway, everything, I no longer skied because it was, uh, I was told, you will give up skiing because you risk breaking your leg. Sure. Or, you know, doing something to your back. You risk your career. And, like, when I started getting paid for it, it was you will not go skiing because you risk the job. Right. That we're, you know, you're giving you. You won't be able to be on stage. That costs us money, blah, 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 blah. Your body's your instrument. Yeah. So didn't ski... Excuse me. Didn't ski again until teaching you. Yeah. Bringing you and your father. Um, <laughs> where Do you remember that? And we took lessons. I went, this I, time we're going to do it right. The The only thing I really remember is him falling down the hill and and a ski going like into a tree. Like, like a cartoon. Yeah. It really was. He, he didn't quite get the finesse of turns or he, he he was kind of muscling yeah so he has he ended up going into the woods <laughs> on the side of the trail and the ski actually went into the tree <laughs> <laughs> so he walked down the rest of the way but anyway you ended up being a really nice skier yeah yeah it was, it was always fun the lessons i mean it really it I got good enough for that exhilaration. Yeah. Or not being afraid of a little bit harder slope and stuff like that. We ended that. up doing some some diamonds. And some were too hard, but some weren't. Yeah. 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 No, the, we, got, we got pretty good yeah. at it. Yeah. Some of the ones with, like, the full moguls and everything where it's all blah, 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 blah. That is not enjoyable to me. But I don't think so either. You know, because, I, I mean... But uh, but little jumps, little jumps, and or when stuff it's, like that. That yeah, was that or was when fun. it's steep, but but you can still like maneuver. Yeah, yeah. So, but then with all my back injuries, I can't risk, and my knees, I can't risk it anymore. Even, or I swear to God, if I fell down now, yeah. I'd need a crane to get me back up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just thought one thing about football with me. Uh, playing it growing up in the neighbor, you know, with neighborhood kids. I was, it was our last year living in Worcester. Um, So I was 12, 11, 12 years old. And I always played football with my next door neighbor. He was like my, my growing up buddy. His name is Booty. Booty. And this I swear parents do things in the wrong way. It, what happened? I was out playing football with him. And we, I mean, it was fun. We, You know, it wasn't anything no, yeah. dangerous or whatever. My father came out. And he said, Tina, get in the house. No. I, I was baffled. And he Booty, you go, you go home. So I go in the house, and my father's so angry, and he says, you will never play football again. What? I said, and you will never talk to that boy again. I said, why? What it was, is my father looked at it that I was soon to reach puberty, and what Booty was doing was really using football for a reason to feel me up, 
Which was so untrue. Yeah. And, you know, he said it it in a nasty way, explaining it to me. I said, that's not true. It's not like I'm I'm unaware of my body. I know of somebody. It was, and I couldn't, what was awful about it is I couldn't even speak to Booty to tell him why. Oh. Why we couldn't be friends anymore. And we'd been friends for years. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I mean, I I understand. My father imagined it. Yeah. And so it just, there's a different way to say it as a, as a parent if you're concerned. No, that's control as opposed to yeah. the concern of, of just asking questions about h- how it's being played or whatever, but... Or, you know, maybe you should stop the football. I mean, something, but nobody talked sex back then. Right. But it's the same thing. I think I've already said it in one of the podcasts. My mother telling me I could, in fourth grade, I had my my best friend, Anne-Marie, telling me one day that I couldn't hang out with her anymore. And the reason why was because her mother was divorced. Oh. So I couldn't, stigma, I couldn't hang out with him. And we were really good friends, really, really good friends. And once again, I couldn't explain to Anne-Marie why I'm all of a sudden completely ignoring her. And here you have, here you have a young girl who I'm sure other parents had said to their kids, you can't hang around with her because her mother's divorced. She's a loose woman. Like she's not already going through enough. Exactly. So she was probably already shunned, you know? Yeah. And then it was just, I I still feel shame now, even though it, it wasn't my fault. But again, what parents do, find out. Find out before you say, you you know, forbid your child to not hang around with someone, you know, oh, they're from the wrong side of the tracks or whatever. It's because the, the I mean, it, it it comes into play, you know, the, the girl who drowned, you know, all of this stuff. Um, uh, I don't know. The only time I could be around the kids from the projects, you know, and stuff like that was... During my brother Bobby's college years, I just thought of this, <laughs> he um, he had an ice cream truck. Oh. And, you know, like a Mr. Softy yeah. kind. We didn't have soft serve, but we had all the... The bars the and bars and, and, and everything ice else. Ice cream sandwiches. And it was a great summer. I was, let's see, eight, I was eight, nine, ten years old within there. And we would, I was his helper every day, didn't get paid, but riding in the ice cream truck and, you know, the the little ding, we'd ring the bell, ding, 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 ding. and the little kids, and we'd go into the projects a lot, you know, so I got, by going down every day, I got to know some of the kids, but, you know, I'd be in the ice cream truck. Yeah. And um, Bobby was so cheap. Here he is, he's a multimillionaire. He was so cheap that he got, he would convince the kids to take their change in bubblegum. The little pieces of bubblegum that are wrapped up the bazooka. Yeah. We had, I mean, he could buy like a big crate of the bubblegum for like $3 or something. It was so cheap. Now, if a kid buys an ice cream, let's say the ice cream is 11 cents and they give you 15 cents, then take the the bubblegum was a penny. So they would take get four pieces of bubblegum for 4 cents. But but Bobby was making a killing on the profit yeah. out of that. And he'd always he'd, he'd lean in close to me and go, "Tina, remember, take the change in Bubblegum. It's like, I don't 
this isn't illegal, but this is it's really these kids are poor, you know. And but they were thrilled to get the bubble going. Right. And they think they're getting a bargain and all of that. Uh, business. Yeah. Supply and demand. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let me think. Um, say something. Um, um, okay, how uh, about skating? I lo- loved. I did ice skating from the time I could walk. Because there were two, this is near our house, there were two in Burncoat Park, two ponds. There was one called the Little Pond and one called the Big Pond. Okay. And they would freeze over, obviously, in in the winter. And um, we skated all the time. Uh, Skating as a... I had stopped skating too because of working, but then with you, yeah, teaching you how to skate, I I went back and I was like, "There's an exhilaration to skating, a freedom that I love." Not roller skating, I can't do that. Yeah, but ice skating, I haven't reached that point. I I fall. <laughs> it's a different, and that hurts when you, when you when you fall and you hit the back of your head. That yeah. hurts when your feet go out. But no, you got very good at skating. Eventually, yeah, we had rollerblades, and and eventually I got good. But no, you got good at ice skating. It's, it was the same. Well, I didn't. I never found. I couldn't with 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 rollerblades. I can't move. I I can't move ahead. <laughs> I'm just stuck. Whereas with ice skating, to, to the little saw like thing in the tip, you can push off right better. Maybe it's because I grew up ice skating right. and not roller skating. So now, see, I'm talking about Burncoat Park. <gasps> um, that's where the crazies would hang out from the insane Ooh. asylum. I said, oh, we'll get back to that sometime, so maybe I'll do it now. Yeah. Okay. There was, we called it the insane asylum. It was a psychiatric hospital that was... Um, Okay, two big parks. Green Hill Park um, was one with big... We used to go tobogganing on it because the hills were so big. Um, That was a big park. And then we had Burnco Park with the two little ponds. The... um, Not inmates. The patients... The ones that were allowed out as outpatients would hang out in these parks a lot. Uh. Um, Now, there was one... (laughs) Oh, there was actually in Green Hill Park, there was a pond up there too. And now I'm thinking back, they had wild buffalo. I mean, they were penned in, but buffalo like you see... From the Old West? Huh. Yeah. It wasn't a zoo, but they had these buffalo for some reason. Bison? Bison. Okay. Not like... With the two horns. The big heads. Yeah. And the two horns coming out. I'm just thinking, didn't they kill all the buffalo by then? The I don't real know. Buffalo. We called them buffalo. I had to take a sip of tea. I, I'm imagining they must be bison. This is very spicy, this tea. It is. When you hit the ginger, it's it's, That's, wow. it's spicy. Yeah. What did one buffalo say to mm. his son when he went off to college? I don't know. Bye, son. <laughs> oh, my God. There's there's the joke of the week, everybody. Yeah, that, it's cute. That one's cute. That one's cute. Did you just make that up? No. No. Is that like a kid's? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, the crazies. There was one man, I kind of um, chunky. He is fat. Um, he was probably in his fifties or so. I know he had gray hair, but he wasn't rickety. You know, he wasn't old like rickety old. So I'd say probably in his fifties. And what he would do. 
is he would strip naked. And he would go, this is in Green Hill Park, he would go into the pond. We never... We never watched him strip. I mean, anytime we saw him, it was like, oh, yeah, run away. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'd always avoid him. But if we happened to be there and didn't notice in, when, that he was already in the water, he would he would start walking out and he'd say, <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday, but I'm taking my Sunday bath. <laughs> he would say it no matter what day of the week it was. <laughs> He'd always have it in his mind. It's, and he's, you know, he's naked and he's walking out. But he was jolly. <laughs> it's Tuesday and I'm taking my Sunday bath. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of them. Now, mind you, I'm talking where I'm five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah, you know, young. young. There was another one. I've, he was an older guy too, and he would he would walk around with one of those, you know, those paddles with the piece of elastic and the ball on the end, and you yeah, yeah, pedal pedal ball, ball whatever. Ball. Yeah, yes. They they're wood. This little paddle and yeah, it's a, I think it's called a paddle ball, but it's not paddle ball like the game playing paddle ball. It has that. String of elastic, yeah, and the red ball at the end, rubber yeah, ball, and you bounce bang, 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 bang. So he had one of those, but the elastic and the little ball wasn't on it. He had only the paddle, <laughs> and he <laughs> he was a little bit more dangerous because he would chase us. Oh, and if he caught you, he wanted to spank us. Uh. So if he caught you, he wouldn't take our pants down. Okay. It would be through the pants, that's but it—it it was wrong. It was yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's very wrong. And uh, so that was—he was always one that we, we'd go pedal guy, you know, and we'd, yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. have to start running. But of course, at the same time, you're laughing. I mean, you're terrified, but we're kids. Yeah. And so it's—it's it's funny at the same time. One that was not funny and that was was scary was um, this guy, he was... Now, I don't think he was from the insane asylum. because He, he had a bicycle. Okay. He was, a, you know, to us... He was probably late teens, early 20s. Remember, he had black hair. He was slender. He usually wore, like, a flannel shirt, jeans... Anyway, he uh, we we learned to avoid him because I I remember the first time seeing him again, I, and I think Maureen was there. He's two little girls. Um, this is in Burnco Park near the big pond. Uh, he like beckoned us over. He was sitting on his bike, and again, we're not a. When you're young, you're not afraid of teenagers. You know, like, I mean, and too, with older brothers, we were used to being around that age. Yeah. You know, you think of creepy old men, but you don't think there's danger in teenager stuff. So he called us over, you know, he went over, hey, how you doing? And he said, he's talking, and then he said, do you want to earn a dime? And a dime back then was pretty good, you know. Yeah. Um, what? How? All you have to do is come into the bushes with me and watch me pee. Oh. <laughs> we looked at each other like, no, ain't going to do that, no. you know. And uh, so, you know, it's the back and away and stuff like that. And then running. Yeah. He would hang around the park. Thank God he always did this on his bicycle because he was easy to spot. Um, and he, I don't know whether anybody ever watched him pee, but he would ride on his bike with his penis out holding it. Uh. Um, you know, and so, again, that inner thing in you goes, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, 
danger, danger. Yeah, there's a certain innocence to the Sunday bath, but... It... Yeah, yeah, this was... It's... But we, again, nobody talks sex, so it's not like we could go home. So we didn't understand what it was yeah. that he was doing, and we couldn't go home and ask, especially after from, you know, well, other podcasts I tell you about the, <laughs> the magic milk making, right. you know, and all of that. Um, so that was, you know, again, you know, maybe growing up around that stuff, Without a protector or, or any anybody to tell, your sixth sense develops very quickly. Yeah. Um, so there was one terrifying time for me. There were a lot of big, big, tall pine trees in the park. And there was... And you could climb up partway, you know... Uh, I was completely alone. And this section of the park was about five houses away from mine. Okay. And then a big hill you would go down into the park, baseball field. But there was one section that was, it was like a road that was blocked off and with a lot of pine trees and more secluded. Um, I was alone. And uh, I was at the pine trees walking home, and it was getting dark. And I saw somebody following me, oh, this, this man following me. And I knew that if I tried to run home, he would catch up with me. I, sure. knew, I knew that. So I jumped onto the limb of one of the pine trees, and I started climbing up. He starts climbing up after me. Again, I'm alone. And how old? Eight. Very young. Um, so I'm, I'm climbing. I'm, I'm terrified. This, this, this one was terrifying to me. And I, I looked up and went, the branches were getting smaller and smaller and more... fragile and I thought the only thing the only place I can go is up right because he won't those branches up there won't hold hold him but so I climbed up and literally it was so skimpy up there I was swaying in the breeze At the very top of this pine tree, holding on to... I mean, we're talking maybe an inch diameter. Diameter. (laughs) Diameter. Diameter. You know, little... You know how a pine tree gets in that little thing? Yeah. I'm swaying. It's getting darker and darker. He gets up as high as he can go and just looks up. It was going to be a waiting game. Jesus. So... I... I kind of knew that if it got, I was, you know, everybody is supposed to be home when the street lights come on. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew if I wasn't home, first I was going to get in big trouble, but maybe somebody would come looking for me. Sure. That didn't happen. Oh. Um, so it was completely dark, and there's no street light over in, in that it's, area. It's a park. Thank God there was a moon. There was a moon, so there was some moonlight. Finally, I don't know whether it was that you know, I don't know why, but the guy finally climbed back down and walked away, which made me scared to go. Is is he playing cat and mouse? Right. Is he just uh, you know that as soon as I get down, he's going to he's going to pop out from somewhere. But I went. I have no other, I have no choice. And it was chilly. It was cold, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I, I was going to say I climbed down the tree, but I was like a fucking monkey. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, and I ended up, my hands ended up all scraped and, and everything else because I was, 
getting down as fast as I could. <coughs> and I hit the ground running. Yeah. And I just you have to. I just ran my little legs off. I don't know if he followed me or not. It could be he was from the mental place and his curfew was you have to be back you have to check back in by sure. six, seven o'clock, whatever it whatever it was. Um it often happened. Maureen will tell you the exact same thing. Our house had a big front porch and a big big door that would go in. This is the front of the house. I can't tell you the amount of times we'd be walking home from the park after a baseball game or you know, or something or playing or sledding or whatever, or just walking back from our friend's house. Sure. That we would hear the 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 running footsteps behind oh us, and we would take off. This wasn't funny. We never laughed afterwards. No. Running like bats out of hell, jump onto the porch, pray the front door isn't locked, and you know go inside. And sometimes, honest to God, the footsteps would get onto the porch before you could slam the door shut. Oh, wow. No, it was, it was terrifying. It didn't stop us from going out, you know, but again, your senses, maybe that's why I was able to avoid that rape or that attack in Boston with the, here, you hear the footsteps behind you. Maybe. You know, because we had to do that as little kids. Um, There was, oh my God, this is another one. These crazy people. All right. Maureen and I, our bedroom, the bedroom windows were in the front of the house and one side so that it, it, it faced the street. Okay. They faced the street. Important. And there was a street light about... 20 yards, 10 yards to the left, looking out the window. But there was a street light there. Okay. Okay, so one night, we're in our bedroom. Again, I was the oldest. I I don't know. We're 10, 12. She's 12, I'm 10, whatever, or younger. Um, We hear... Out the outside of the window on the street, click 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 click. Now we were used to how to crawl, <laughs> crawl to the window and just peek our noses out. You know, I mean, just how to hide yeah. under the sill, um, or from the side. We knew how to be very <laughs> clandestine, clandestine. Um, so we hear click 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 click, and we look out, and there's a man dressed in women's clothing with high heels on, standing under the street light, looking up at our window. Just, we dove down, you know, and yeah. scurried to the other end of the room. But we didn't hear the click, click, click going away. Oh, no. So we'd sneak back over to the window and look out. He's still there just staring up at our window. I don't know what was more terrifying, that type of thing, or getting chased. Uh, Do you know what I mean? the active or the passive. Yeah, and it's like, why is he dressed in women's clothing and looking up at our window? In the 50s. Yeah. Just for... Yeah. So, let me think. Oh, okay, there was another... There was a... (laughs) 60s. 50s. Late 50s, early 60s. For that. No, in the 50s. We moved, we had moved from Worcester by 1963. Okay. 62, 63, so. Just for the context of, of we accept and love trans people, but back then that's a, that was a sign of weird stuff. This is the thing. We didn't care that he was dressed. Who cares? Right. That wasn't it. 
but why are you staring up at two little girls' window? Yeah. Which made me go, I don't I don't know that he was trans. He might have been a heterosexual who likes cross-dressing and was a pedophile at the same time. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was a mix. I... Um, just because of climate things, I, I no 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 no. I have nothing against trans people. My God, forget about it. Children Love them. should be allowed to go to drag shows. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Or story time. Yeah. And stuff like yeah. that. You know, leave them alone. No, this again. He had. It wasn't like he had full makeup on, like a drag queen or anything like that. You could tell it was a gruff kind of man with with wig you know uh, yeah not something not done was, up and all that no but like, so something was she wanted to be your mommy off I, I don't know what i mean and you don't do that you don't stand under a street no, light you don't and stare up at little girls you don't stare into anyone's nighttime. window but especially not little girls windows yeah yeah no that's there, there was something pervy pervy there um, um, so there was another, another time <laughs> there was a, I won't say his name. There was a boy who was Maureen's age, went to school with her. And, uh, so this was, she would have been 10, 11, 12 within there. He loved her. Loved her, loved her. She couldn't stand him. <laughs> and he also, he had psychological problems. He was in the public school. We didn't even have, like, special ed. Right, I was going to say, it you could know, be ADHD everybody. for, any, yeah. for yeah. all anyone knows. But um, By the way, I'm going to say something about that. I'm going right. to stop for a second, <laughs> and I'll get back to him. When I was in junior high, in seventh grade, I, there was a, a um, study period in my schedule. They didn't know where to put me. I couldn't go to, I mean, they, I couldn't go to the library or anything else. And they put me in, I had to spend the study period in the, I'm going to say special ed, but it was more the kids who didn't get, the rough kids Juvenile delinquents. Right, who get lumped in with Who didn't get good grades and, you know, who reading, by seventh grade, their reading was second grade. Of, right, you know. yeah. So I was told they're, they're just, you have to sit in there, but don't, don't be friendly with them. Don't, you know, I mean. Patsies. Some of the nicest people. But that's a trick. Yeah, they were from poor households. Yes, some of them had trouble, you know, learning. They had a learning disability. But I tell you, they were, and yes, they were in shop instead of in the, you know, chemistry class or whatever. Um, some of that, I got to be such good friends with so many of them. And what what was lovely is that from then all the way through high school, I could, I never hung out with one clique, one group of people, but everybody wanted to be my friend. <laughs> I think because I was accepting. Yeah. So it was, where you know, high school is horrible, and you know, it's such a such a pit of. of it can be. <laughs> it can be. Um, I could hang out with the smart kids, with the, with the kids who smoked behind the gym, <laughs> with the gym. It was, I get the gems, people are gems, you know, and you just have to open your mind to find out. Anyway, okay, so going back to, Mar not everyone's a gem, there is some evil, there's, evil, we've talked about this. Yeah, there's some evil, but for the most part, I think, I think more than half of people are good. Yes, and they're prejudged. Yeah. You know, or their circumstances make a callousness or a lack of education or whatever. You know. Anyway, okay. So, back to back to living in Worcester, young. This guy who this boy who loved Maureen, 
he actually was put into the insane asylum. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Not just outpatient. He was put in. Whoa. Well, he figured out how to escape. <laughs> he, he, he figured out how to um, lift the drain from the in oh, the floor wow. he i don't know it, it must have been as big as like it was big enough for his body sure. to fit into yeah whether it's a square or a circle or whatever and, it's a great yep the great and he's so i mean i don't know how he did it but he figured it out he's superhuman strength one night maybe it was unscrewing it slowly he was very smart prying it um, who knows but i i think he did this over an amount of time. Okay. You know, like if you loosen, let's say it was screwed in. Yeah. If you loosen a screw bit by bit, day by day, maybe. It, then maybe nobody would notice. Or whatever he did, he didn't just all of a sudden decide, he planned out this was going to be the escape route. So he escapes. They don't notice. Guess where he comes? Oh, no. To our house. Oh, no. Um... We're in, we're in the bedroom, and we're hearing, you know, the sound of kit, uh, kitchen chairs sliding over linoleum. I do. My, now, the only ones home. My mother was home, and Maureen and I. My father was on a business trip. My brothers were out. You know, they were in high school. They were whether at a doing whatever. You know, doing whatever. We hear. The scraping of the kitchen chairs. Oh, God. And knowing it wasn't any of our brothers or anything else, we're terrified. We were able to... Where's the phone? There was a phone downstairs. We're able... No, we didn't call the police. One of my brothers came home. It just happened. And we yelled. Yes, we yelled. Danger! There's somebody in the house. We, you know, we're yelling yeah. at the window. So, then the police did come, checked the house from top to bottom. Didn't see anyone, but out in the garage, the, the oh. garage, the garage connected to our house through this old basement. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, no, it was it was scary basement. Yeah, but this guy likes crawling around those tight spaces. And... Yeah. Um, they found him in the back seat. My mother's car was in the garage. In the back seat of my mother's car. Oh, my God. Where, you know, when you first walk by, you don't notice because he's down on the floor. Yeah, yeah. You know, hiding there. And it was him. That's terrifying. And then we were, you know, we were told that he had escaped. Um <coughs> So yeah, that was scary. That was a that was an adrenaline. Whoa, in the house, there's somebody yeah. in the house. Then finding out it's him, and that this was the and he, you know he's loving Maureen. Anyway, they brought him back to the uh, insane asylum. Oh, I shouldn't call it that, but that's what we called it. The nut house. The nunnery. The nunnery. It wasn't a nunnery. It that's wasn't for sure. Nunnery. All right. Well, where are we? We're like six and a half minutes away from an hour. Um, so if there's anything else you want to add, we can, or we can... Let me think of anything else it. back then about the parks. Um, parks, insane asylums, sports. Man. I can do more sound effects. Of, if you describe the sound something makes, I can, I can do more <laughs> sound effects. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I, you okay. know, I'm, I'm probably, as soon as we're done, I'll go, oh, I could have said this. But, okay, so, but that's kind of... The growing up, um, yeah, and again, our neighborhood and Worcester was crazy. It was great, but there, it was dangerous. It was, yeah, <laughs> it, it really was. Yeah, it does sound like it, it. It in a way prepared you for other things in life. But, but we all went through it, yeah, you know, and we were the gang of kids. And I was thinking it makes sense that uh, you don't see kids on the street as much anymore. And no, 
But, you know, that's a toss-up. Yeah. Because it's a part of growing up, being... And believe me, with the parks, the sledding, the tobogganing, the... There was, you know, baseball field, the plain baseball, the play. It it was like Sandlot, all put together. Any film or story you've ever read, Stand by Me, you know, whatever, of little kids hanging out, hanging as a out, gang. all the different personalities. Um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as as it was for the It kids. The, the kids in It. Oh, no. no. So, <laughs> no. you know. No balloons and no clowns. You didn't have clowns with teeth, so. No, I did, we just had perverts. <laughs> perverts and staring <laughs> men that'll stare. Oh, I mean, even like, okay, with my friend Anne Marie, we'd, behind her house in Green Hill Park, in the fall, there was long, long grass that, it, that would look like wheat, you know. But I remember it being... It was the fall because it had turned that golden, golden glow. Oh, golden that, glow. That golden color. And we would, we'd cut down it and we would make a hut. Oh, that's so cool. And, you know, we'd get twigs and we'd, and, and branches and stuff. And make, we made a hut, we'd cover it with the wheat and, um, I'll call it the wheat. And like even, um, not a door, but... A swinging thing, like with the grass hanging oh, yeah. and stuff like that, you know. So, and that was our little clubhouse. That's really cool. But there are times that um, I remember this one. <laughs> Anne Marie and I were in there, and all of a sudden, this little flappy grass door opens, and there was this man with like kind of a long beard. Uh huh. And he looked in, and he just stayed there looking in. Uh huh. We scurried to the back of our little hut. I mean, like right, as small it's... as like his little igloo. And then he put the flap back down and went on his way. So that there were the crazies who just were mentally right. not they, they there. They had whatever but going who on. Weren't but weren't dangerous. You never knew. <laughs> right, because... <laughs> but they were the, you know, they were the outpatients. So it's funny because it's like the... The outpatients tended to be more. There was one who, every day, this woman, she had a bag of coffee beans and an empty container. All day, she would pick one bean out and move it into the empty container. I don't know if she was counting, because she wouldn't say anything. Once all the beans were in the empty container, she'd start over again putting them back in the bag every day, counting these coffee beans or just transferring. And I mean like yeah, six to eight hours doing this. It's a job. It's, yep. Harmless, but yeah. So, so I go and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a social point, um, of lumping together that, that used to happen and still happens, but lumping together both with the special ed thing and with the insane asylum of lumping the the bad seeds with people that actually just need help. Yes, that's what pisses me off with the gun violence. It's all mental health. It's all mental health. No, don't... These other people just have... They, yeah, depression you know, or severe OCD yeah, or autism something or... or, or I don't know, epileptic. I, I knew one of my friends actually was an epileptic. He also had leprosy. He I'm told her. Like me with my hands. No, he said his toes turned black. Oh, no. And he said he had leprosy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yikes. Let's just say I didn't go swimming with him. But he did, he did have leprosy, but it wasn't diagnosed, so he was considered a, a mental idiot. Because he'd go into these fits and stuff. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. getting back to today, somebody who walks in with a gun and mows people down is not the same, no. as you said, as these innocent, innocent um, people just with, yeah, with mental problems. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway. Okay, that's all. That's right? all. Um, oh, so that was interesting. We're gonna say cheers. Cheers, and this will come up before Super Bowl. It will. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So who are you picking in the bowl? Um, I think that the Eagles are a better team, but I love Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, and so I'm kind of going that I hope the Chiefs win. You heard it here first, folks. Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs are Tina's yeah. hot pick. They're, they're, they're a scruffy, they're a, a scruffy scru- team. <laughs> Again, the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles are all around a better team, I think, and had a better um, season and stuff. I don't, okay. Anyway, anyway. I'm going to be rooting for Patrick <laughs> yeah, We're going to do it again. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.